Arizona Sports. Breaking news. 3.02 in the afternoon. 3 o'clock was the deadline. Turning our attention for a moment to the Phoenix Suns. Adrian Wojnarowski. No rookie extensions for Phoenix's Cam Johnson, Charlotte's P.J. Washington, or Boston's Grant Williams. They are all headed to restricted free agency next summer. No disrespect to Washington or Williams. I don't really care about that. (laughs) I do care that Suns star Cam Johnson is not getting a rookie extension. He'll be in the same situation that DeAndre Ayton was this year. Restricted free agent, could sign with an offer sheet with another team. I kind of feel like we're on a nosedive right now. We're in the plane, and we just lost both engines in Phoenix. Herm Edwards fired or whatever. Um, or whatever. Jay Crowder doesn't want to be here. We don't know if DeAndre Ayton wants to be here. Hollywood Brown's out for the year. The Cardinals couldn't score a touchdown against Seattle. What else do I have? I don't know, but right in the studio, the oxygen masks are falling. Since the Green Bay game, it has been nothing but a downward slide for basically everything Arizona sports. Arizona, no, I feel like a nosedive. Yeah, like like the fr- Suns win up, a franchise up. record game, pull and up. then they lose in game seven. Lost to the Mavs. Suns set a franchise record for wins, so it wasn't all bad in the last calendar year. how are you feeling right now no, about I, I know it ended, it ended very, very badly. I get that. I get what that. Name Something good that's happened. Well, that's it. That's the only thing I got. Since then, what? what They won 64 games. Beyond that, we've had nothing. We've had nothing. Those exciting Diamondback rookies. (laughs) I did like them. I did like them. Okay. I did like Uh, them. They got Hollywood Brown in the first place. That was kind of fun when it happened. But no, there, there, there hasn't been a lot. There hasn't been a lot. The Zach Allen streak was great. But I mean, like, yep. And right now, the the we're losing the pressurization in the cabin has been lost, and I I feel like we've got you know I'm and and just so everyone knows, I'm gonna assist Gambo with his mask before I put mine on. Why am I the child? You gotta help the child first. (laughs) Am I the child? Or child hey, second. You That's haven't right. been on a plane you thought your plane you thought was going down? Yes. I have too. I have too. That's not a fun experience. We lost an engine flying back from Hawaii one experience. year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thank I mean you. nothing like landing, an emergency landing at LAX with the emergency vehicles following you as you land. Yeah. Nothing nothing beats that for a thrill, he says facetiously and sarcastically. Nothing at all. All right, so no Cam Johnson extension. We'll get into what that means a little bit later, but because three o'clock was the deadline, we certainly wanted to talk about it here and with the Woj tweet. We now know he's not going to get it. All right. Big Red Reacts. Burns and Gambo. Big Red Reacts. Reaction to yesterday's Cardinals game. Brought to you by Wicopa Casino Resort, where world-class action meets four diamond splendor. We all know what happened. Let's see how it happened. Cardinals lose to the Seahawks yesterday, 19-9. These are the plays that shaped the game. These are the plays that mattered the most. Starting with the first possession of the game. Hey, look, everybody. Kyler Murray running early in a football game. Snap to Murray, and it's going to be a quarterback run to the right. Big hole, 30, 35, 40. Murray's free at the 50. Inside the 40, and just scoots out of play. Inside the 35 at the 34-yard line. Loved it. Third and four. They fake it to Eno. He fakes it to Eno. You know, he pulls it back and he takes off 42 years. Uh, boy, you had, a, you, had a, you had a good idea that, that this was going to be a big, heavy Kyler Murray run day after that one. And I was happy to see it, of course, but unfortunately, it didn't result in what we wanted. Second and one. Second and goal from the one-yard line. Kyler Murray going backwards. Second and goal from the one. Two receivers left. Snap to Murray, and he's going to keep it running right. In trouble at the five, and runs out of bounds at the five-yard 
yard line, losing four yards on the play. It'll be third and goal, but they're back now at the five-yard line. All right, here's my thing on that. Okay, now it may have been ineligible downfield, but if you throw the ball away, if you just throw it away and they don't put a flag on the field, you get it right back at the one-yard line. Now, if they do call, you know, a legal man downfield, Seattle, if they, they either decline the penalty and it's an incomplete pass and you're back at the one, or they accept the penalty and you get the down back. Yeah. yeah like, it, that's the worst thing to do is just, like, run out of bounds and lose four yards. So they can't convert a touchdown on that brilliant red zone opportunity. So instead they settle for a 23-yard field goal from Matt Amendola, their first first quarter points of the season. First possession for the Seattle Seahawks, and before they would tie it up 3-3, Three on a 39-yarder by Jason Myers. You did have Cameron Talmas' first sack of his career. Snap to Smith. Drops back the throw. Pressure in his face. He's in trouble. And he goes down. He's sacked back at the 21-yard line. Cam Thomas, the rookie, is there for the Cardinals to make the play. That was, a, that was big. And it pushed him back to, uh, you know, to a longer field goal, 39 yards. But it was still third and six to come up with that first big sack. The rookies really stood out yesterday. It was nice to see Cameron Thomas get his first. Yeah, Cameron Thomas, Myjay Sanders later got his first. It was a big reason why they let Devon Kennard go over the weekend. They wanted to give some of those snaps to some of their younger pass rushers, and yesterday they came through. Led to a field goal. Now it's a 3-3 game. Cardinals, their next possession in one of the moments where they passed on a 38-yard field goal to go for it on fourth and four. It didn't go well. Snap to Murray. Three-step drop with time. Throws left side. It's a low pass, and it's incomplete at the 11-yard line. He had Rondell Moore. The ball was just thrown too short in the ground, and the Cardinals turned it over on downs. Where's the accuracy for Kyler Murray? That's an easy pass. Yep. That's an easy pass. You throw it into the ground. He wasn't able to get it. Like, that's not on Rondell Moore. That's on Kyler Murray. Make a better pass. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. So, the Cardinals would turn it over. A couple possessions later, Seattle would add a 27-yard field goal to take a 6-3 lead. Now, at this point, the Cardinals' offensive struggles really become pronounced. Stuck in the mud. Hard to move the ball. Ryan Neal sacks Kyler Murray on a third down. Shotgun snap. Murray straight drop. In trouble. Steps up and sacked back at the 45 of Arizona. He had no shot. To get away from the defender, Ryan Neal, who came unblocked into the backfield. It's a loss of about six, and the Cardinals will punt with 3.45 to go. Yeah, yeah, there was a sack earlier. You had Eno tripping over Sean Harlow on a running play. He tripped over the center. Like, you just see right there that, you know, Seattle's defense came to play, and they were feasted on the Cardinals. And the Cardinals' offensive line really struggled. Seattle would get the ball back, and after this great play by Geno Smith. Smith back to throw in trouble. Steps up, looks to run, takes off. At the 40, near side, 35-30. Smith at the 25 and runs out of bounds at the 23, stopping the clock with 23 seconds left. 23-yard run by Geno Smith, and they still have a timeout. They lead 6-3. Yeah, good run by Geno. It was a big play to Goodwin for 22 yards. Seattle took over. Like, I really fault the Cardinals. A minute and 17 seconds left on their own 36-yard line, and they give the ball back to Seattle. You had a minute and 17 left at the 36-yard line. You go incomplete, deep. Then you have uh, the strip sack They right there where he gets beat, and you give them the ball back. Like, you, you can't do that. You, 
That's a death sentence in a football game. 34-yard field goal, and Seattle would take a 9-3 lead going into halftime. Coming out of the half, Seattle would punt on their first possession after Zayvon Collins would come up with his first career sack. Then in the Cardinals' first possession, once again, passing up on a 45-yard field goal, going for it on fourth and two, ill-fated. Murray and shotgun takes the snap, drops the throw, in trouble. Moving right, being chased, now floats a deep right side into the end zone, and a diving interception attempt, but it's incomplete. Regardless, the Cardinals turn it over on downs again inside the opponent's 30-yard line. And it remains 9-3 Seattle with 9-11 to go in the third. Frustrating drive. You had a nice play to Moore for 16 yards. You had Kyler running for 15. You get to that fourth and two, and he's scrambling because there was pressure. There was pressure. He scrambles away from the pressure, and he lobs it up to that A.J. Green. I almost wish it would have been intercepted. It would have saved him eight yards. Yep, absolutely. So another passed-up field goal, and now Seattle gets the ball back. And Kenneth Walker the third made the Cardinals feel him on this run. Snap to Smith, turns and hands it off. Walker running right, trying to get to the outside. Can't, so he ducks under a tackle and is still going to the 20. At the 10 and finally tackled there by Jalen Thompson. What an incredible run by Kenneth Walker. He got over 20 yards and he should have lost two or three. That's the one where he broke like five tackles. That's the one. Yeah, there were like five guys that had jock straps on the f- ground. They had to go pick him up after that play. Man, he just broke tackle, broke a tackle. Bro- Couldn't even write down the numbers. He was so fast. He bro- I think he broke every tackle that was out there. 32-yard field goal. Seattle's now up 12-3. Next possession for the Cardinals. Kyler Murray turns the ball over. Murray takes the snap, drops the throw from the pocket. Steps up, runs left at the 40, at the 35, at the 30. Fumbles the ball inside the 20 and recovers at the 18-yard line by Seattle's Tariq Woolen. Tyler got the first down, but then he fumbled it forward, and the Seahawks take over with 2.20 to go. Punched out by Brian. So he was trying to get the extra yards there. He was trying to get the extra no yardage. Slide. No he, slide. No slide. No slide. A lot so of fans I, noticed so that like, yesterday. I give up. I. Do you want him to get the extra yards? Then he fumbles. If you don't get the extra yards, you don't, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I literally have no idea. Seattle gets the ball back, and finally, something good happens for the Arizona Cardinals. Dixon's got it, and the punt is blocked. It's loose in the end zone, and the Cardinals recovered for a touchdown. Chris Banjo comes up with the fumble recovery for a touchdown. Couldn't see who blocked the punt, but the Cardinals get six points, and that's the first touchdown of the game by either team. All on Zeke, man. Zeke got right up that middle. He went right up the middle. Uh, Zeke Turner right up the middle and four, and he's like, I'm not. Dixon's like, I'm not gonna be able to punt this. Uh, ends up fumbling the ball. Banjo recovers. You get the touchdown, and then the extra point was missed. He's going to make it 12 to 10. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't have So it's 12-9. Cardinals get the ball back. And once again, they go absolutely nowhere with it. Once again, another. Well, first of all, before that happens, the big play where Seattle's offense answered the one and only touchdown in the game so far. The one moment of weakness for the Cardinals defense. They played a great game until this moment yesterday. Walker to the left side of the 10. Stiff arms to the five and into the end zone for the touchdown. Kenneth Walker with a score to make it 18-9 with 13-24 to go. 
in the fourth quarter. That's the first offensive touchdown today for either team. Look, this this defense is really good. They're not perfect. That was one of those drives, seven plays, 75 yards, two and a half minutes. DK Metcalf had a showing on that drive. There was a big play to Eskridge. There was a big play to, to, to Noah Font. They, like, they had a good drive, so you give them credit for that one. That was a solid Seattle drive. 19-9 at that point. Cardinals get the ball back one more time, turning the ball over on downs. Would have been a 41-yard field goal in a two-score game, but they decide not to do it. And on fourth and two, Kyla Murray is sacked. Of course, later at the very end, the Woolen interception of Kyla Murray on the play where Hollywood Brown got hurt. 19-9, the final score yesterday. That is your Big Red Reacts. Now, when we come back here on the Burns and Gambo Show for the second time in his career, Kyla Murray had 10 rushing attempts and lost. Why? We'll tell you why next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Snap to Murray, and it's going to be a quarterback run to the right. Big hole, 30, 35, 40. Murray's free at the 50, inside the 40, and just scoots out of play inside the 35 at the 34-yard line. 42-yard run on the first possession of the game for the Cardinals. And I don't know about you, but at that moment, I thought, okay, here we go. Here we go. It's going to be a Kyler day. It's going to be a Kyler day. It's going to be a Kyler day. Kyler's running early. He hadn't really been running early in these games. Broke off the big one. We had a 42-yarder. We talked last week. Hey, you want to spice things up a little bit offensively? Maybe run Kyler earlier in the game and see if that loosens things up. Goes for 42 yards. They've got a second and goal at the one-yard line. And you're thinking, this is the game where the offense starts to figure things out. Instead... It became only the second game of Kyler Murray's career where he ran 10 times or more and they lost. Usually that's the magic number for Kyler. Run 10 times, they win. They'd only lost once in his entire career. They yeah. didn't get there because a lot of other things went wrong for Kyler yesterday. I mean, if you say, listen, see, you know, if I said Geno Smith was held under 200 yards passing, he didn't throw a touchdown pass, DK Metcalf got held to two catches for 30 yards, Lockett was taken out of the game, Kyler rushed for over 100 yards, you would have said the Cardinals won the football game. But there wasn't anything else that Kyler did. Like we talked about this, there's no pass plays down the field of 40 yards this year. The long, their longest pass plays like 32 yards. There's no explosive plays. There were no touchdowns. So that's all you really had. What what else happened with the offense in this football game? Nothing. That was it. Kyler ran for 100 yards. What else did he do? No, he fumbled the ball. Had the ball intercepted. The two running backs that we were looking forward to seeing them have an opportunity. They didn't do anything. They were such a disappointment. Eno and Keontae Ingram. Totally. Blew. I mean, it was a big opportunity there. Such a disappointment yeah. yesterday. Offensive line wasn't any good. I just, yeah, so Kyler ran for 100 yards, but that was like the only positive the entire day for that offense. That yeah. was it. And, and I, I guess to your point, that goes to prove that's not enough. You know, it's in, in a, we can sit there and look at a stat, it, it, you know, and I know I tend to be the stat guy in the show, but you can look at a stat like that and go, okay, you got to run Kyler Murray 10 times. You do that, you win. It goes to show it's, it's not just about that. It can't only be that. And if that's all you've got by itself, that's not enough. It's not enough for Kyler Murray. It, it, other things, other things offensively have to happen beyond Kyler just running the ball 10 times. Cause yeah, he ran all over Seattle. Didn't make a difference. Kid can't throw a touch touchdown pass to save his life right now. He's got six touchdown passes in six games. That's on pace for 17. His first year in the league, he had 20. His second year, he had 26. His third year, he had 24. Right now, he's on
on pace for 17 touchdown passes in a 17-game season. First couple of years were a 16-game season. So on passes, this was unbelievable. Passes over 10 yards. He's dead last in the NFL in like every category. Mm-hmm. Like dead last. Completion rate, yards per attempt, uh, EPA per dropback, which we promised on Monday we'd never foist on you, but we just did it anyway. Yeah, he's dead last. Mackie's, he's dead last. He's terrible it's like a catcher who can't throw the ball back to the pitcher, a la Mackie Sasser. Like, you can't throw the ball back. He can't throw the ball down the field. Like, there's no accuracy. We were raving about his accuracy. He was such a... So Kyler's broke. Like, he's broke. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like He's a broken quarterback right now. They got to figure something out to get him right. There's a lot of money invested in Kyler Murray. You're not getting that money back. No. So everything that's guaranteed, he's getting. You spent the money. You've got him. You decided we're gonna ba- I'm going to bet on Kyler Murray. Right now, that bet looks like a loser. It does. Okay, that bet looks like a bad stock right now. Right now, now, there's a lot of time. But right now, that looks like a bad stock. And to your point, all right, this is where we start having a conversation about what's the future of Cliff Kingsbury? What's the future of Steve Kime? All right, th- those two guys, I mean, to varying degrees, their seats are warm, if not hot, all right, based off of how this season has started and what's going on. Kyler? Kyler's not going anywhere. He's not, at least not now. You just paid him a quarter of a billion dollars to be your franchise quarterback. His cap hit doesn't even kick in until 2024. I, I mean, you've got a long way to go. So fixing him, getting him right, whether it's not having Cliff calling the plays around him or whether it's a coaching change or whether it's a complete organizational overhaul, whatever it is that Michael ends up deciding to do or the organization decides to do, you're right. It all starts with Kyler Murray at the core of it all he ain't going anywhere. All right, let's start with that kind of fundamental truth. Nothing, he's not getting traded, he's not going anywhere, he's not getting, he's your quarterback for at least the next two or three years. Figuring out a way to unbreak him, to figure, if he's broken the way you say, figuring out a way to unbreak him is priority number one for the Cardinals because he's just not the same dude this year. No, he's regressed. He's regressed. He's gotten worse. And something's got to change here because this is extremely frustrating to have a quarterback that you think is a franchise guy. And we didn't know. That was the hardest part. Like, you don't know. And it was like, do you pay him? Do you not pay him? I mean, you take the chance. Like, what if he goes somewhere else and he's really good? Like, it was just a lot at stake because you had a player that you liked. He had done some really good things, but he clearly wasn't in the category of some of these other quarterbacks. He wasn't in the category of Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or even Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert or some of those other guys. You liked him but, you know, you just weren't sure which way it was going to go. Is he going to be Carson Wentz? Is he going to be a middle-tier quarterback? Or is he going to be a top echelon quarterback? Right now, he looks so far from being a top echelon quarterback. So far. I think he can be fixed. If only because we've seen the better version in there. We've seen glimpses, but but, but to your point, we've talked about this. When was the last time Kyle Murray had a great game? Oh, it's been a year. I mean, it's, a great it's, game, like a it's, great it has, football game. It has been a year. A year. Was it the Cleveland game? It was. Let me look. Give me a minute. Cleveland here. game or the last time Texans or like it's been a while since he had one of those games. Like wow, the last time Kyle Murray great. had a wow. Game probably would have been okay. I got two of them for you. Okay, okay. Against the Cleveland Browns on October seventeenth, twenty twenty one, Kyler Murray went twenty of thirty for two hundred and twenty nine yards, three touchdowns, four touchdowns, and no picks. He had a quarterback rating of one hundred and twenty nine. He was great that day. The next week 
against the Texans at home. He was very good. He was 20 of 28 Mm -hmm. for 261 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, He ran the ball six times in that game as well. Since then, like he, the Green Bay Packers was the next game after that on that Thursday night game. 22 of 33, 274 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. Then he got hurt. Missed the next three games. San Francisco, Carolina, Seattle. Came back, played a very efficient game against Chicago. 11 of 15 for 123 yards and two touchdowns, but he was only 11 of 15. That was a, that was a defensive game, if I remember. They had a lot of short fields against Chicago. It was an easy day for them to get where they got. Beyond that, I, I mean... He looks unnerved. He does. He looks unnerved. He does. He doesn't look confident, confident in his abilities at all. He doesn't know what he's saying. I've always said this that I, you know, I'm privy to get getting a whole bunch of the, you know, the the plays, uh, the game film. Like he's not like he doesn't know what he doesn't have a great idea when he gets to the line of scrimmage. What he wants to do with the football, he just doesn't have a great idea. And you know, it's the concepts and and going through your progressions, and maybe the plays aren't drawn up, you know, to to really help him with that. But I don't think that he has a good pre snap idea what he wants to do with the football. I think he improvises a whole lot. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, there is good that came out of yesterday, a shred of it anyway. That defense was outstanding. We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo show here on Arizona Sports. Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Drops back to throw. Pressure in his face. He's in trouble. And he goes down. He's sacked back at the 21-yard line. Cam Thomas, the rookie. Deep drop. Looking. Steps up. Hit. Sacked. Back at the 13-yard line by Zaven Collins. In trouble. And it's my Jay Sanders back there for the sack. Taking down Geno Smith. Call that our first sack montage here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Because you hit all three of them right there. Cameron Thomas, Zaven Collins, and MyJ Sanders, each with their first career sack. Collins would add another one later. Marcus Golden would get his first sack of the year. And for a Cardinals team that I believe was dead last in the NFL in sacks on the quarterback going into this game, they nearly doubled their output in one game. They had six in the five weeks leading up to this game. They had five yesterday in one game alone. I loved the Majai Sanders sack. Yeah. Just beating his guy to the outside, getting the edge, getting in. Thomas was just, you know, inside. Gino stepped up, and man, he grabbed him with that bear hug and just brought him to. Listen, this is what you want to see. Like, Zayvon Collins is playing great. You know, these kids are playing good. These defensive kids that were drafted, and a lot of people weren't sure about them. You just got to give them an opportunity to play, for goodness sakes. Give them an opportunity. These are young, hungry kids. Like, those are two premier pass rushes in college, and Majai Sanders and Cameron Thomas, and both of those kids get out there yesterday getting the job done. What can you say about Zayvon Collins? You know, I mean, we, we all thought this would be the Isaiah year, and Isaiah's, I think he's fine, but Zayvon Collins is really, he has turned the corner. Yes, like he he's, has. To me, he's figured out how to play in this league. He has. He's out there 100% of the 
time has been for the better part of the last three or four weeks now, maybe even four or five weeks for the Cardinals. He's been terrific. You can't take him off the field. He's showing off that athleticism, good decision-making. Uh, he's checked in as a very highly rated player for the Cardinals. He's been great. He's been absolutely great. Now, after the game, he, you know, being hard on himself, being hard on the defense when he was talking with Paul Calvisi on the Cardinals radio network. Like what you said, just don't let them have big plays. Make them drive the ball down little by little, nickel by nickel, nickel by nickel. We got them. They got to the red zone. We, you know, we, we call it Murphy's Law. They, if they get three points five times, it's 15 points. They score five touchdowns, it's 36 points or whatever it is, uh, 30 points. So it's quite a bit. Um, it's, it's, it's rough. Um, so you got to, you got to really, um, you know, stop them on the big plays. And I thought we did a good job. Of but that, again, so. this circles back to the frustrating part. This is the fourth straight week the Cardinals opponent didn't score more than 20 points. That should be enough. I, I'm just just looking at my notes from the game. Four games in a row of not not allowing an opponent score to score more than 20 points. That should you, be enough. With this offense, yes. Yes, that should I be mean, enough. I mean, if I had like Mitchell Trubisky as my quarterback or I, you know, I, if I had Justin Fields as my quarterback, I mean, I, that, that offense, but there's a lot of money invested in this offense. You've got Zach Ertz, a premier tight end. You, By the way, you first, your first pick in the draft last year was a, well, this year was a tight end. You got Rondale Moore, dynamic receiver out of Purdue do. I know you didn't have James Conner, you didn't have D. Will, I, I get all of that. But you've got a franchise quarterback, apparently, that you paid a lot of money to. You've got to score more than 20 points in a football game. you got to score more than 20 points in every football game. Like, every football <laughs> no, game. You know, I'm, I'm laughing, because even a segment of the show, which we dedicated to talking about how good the Cardinals' defense was, no matter how hard we try, we just keep going back to how <laughs> crappy the Cardinals' offense was. No, I mean, we're trying. We're trying to have a conversation about, man, that Cards' defense, they were great. They were really good. And we we were we lived in that space for about sixty seconds, and then it was. Oh, man, I can't believe how bad this offense is that they I go know. four straight games limiting the opposition opposition to twenty points mm. or less, and they can't win any of them. They're, they're, it's not that's not good enough. And I I swear, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season, hey, Zayvon Collins is going to be great. Byron Murphy is going to shut dudes down. Um, uh, Cameron Thomas is going to get a sack in his debut, and Myjay Sanders is going to get a sack in his debut. And and, and I would have thought, okay. Hey, we're talking about a magic season here. With that combined with the Cardinals' offense, we're good. Because I thought the defense was going to be garbage. Defense has been terrific. Vance Joseph, hey, whenever this Cliff thing doesn't work out, okay? Whenever this Cliff thing doesn't work out, you got a head coach just add water. There he is, ready to go. All right, so so I'm going to ask you a question here. Vance is doing so well that I would imagine if he keeps this up, he's going to get a couple of head coaching interviews. Do you agree? I would agree. You think you're better off holding on to Cliff and hiring a new defensive coordinator? Or promoting Vance and hiring an offensive coordinator? Yeah, I mean, that's... Just a question. Yeah, no, and and that's... uh, that's, It depends more on Cliff than it does on Vance. Would be my answer. It depends more on Cliff than it does on Vance. Because Vance, he's not going anywhere till the end of the season, right? So you've got basically the rest of the year to evaluate Cliff and whether you want him around. And if Cliff, if this offense keeps driving itself into the ground the way it does, it'll that decision will be made, right? You're it, saying you might not, you can't afford to lose Vance Joseph right now. I agree. Can't afford to lose him. He's he's kind of figured out how to get all of these guys to to make it work. This this defense has been very good. I agree, but I guess my point is you don't have to decide anything about Vance Joseph until the end of the season. 
right? You don't have to make that. You don't have to, man, we better promote him or we're going to lose him. Well, why? He's under contract for the rest of the year. You can just promote him if you let go Cliff at the end of the season. Whereas Cliff, that the answer to your question depends on how Cliff does the rest of the year. Not how Vance does. I mean, Vance is, he's a former head coach. He continues to do amazing work on this defense. That The answer to your question depends on Cliff and the, the job he does the rest of the year. Can and if he just continues a, to get poor. Can you have a defensive head coach be the coach for Kyler? Yes, with the right offensive coordinator, sure. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Because, look, I, remember remember when they hired Cliff? And here we are again. Let's talk about the defense. No, let's keep going back to the offense. Don't do it, Burns. You don't do it. Uh, remember when they hired Cliff? One of the lines was, you want to hire an offensive coach to be your head coach. Because if you hire a great coordinator, you're just going to lose him. That was what Michael said. You know, that's how it was Michael's comment. Hire a great offensive coordinator, and you're just going to lose him. He's going to go be a head coach somewhere, yeah. and that's why mm-hmm. we need a great offensive coach to be our head coach. Made sense in the moment. Now you need somebody who can draw plays that are going to succeed in this league, and Cliff has not been that. Cliff is not doing that. It hasn't happened all. Jets year. don't have a good quarterback. They're winning. Giants don't have a good quarterback. They're winning. I, I don't know if we're getting if we're seeing a change. We might be. But it may be going back to what I, it was, where I, you play great defense, run the ball, don't turn it over, you can win. Or or even broader than that, hire a guy to be your head coach who's a great leader of men. Okay, Robert it do- Sala. It doesn't matter whether he's an offensive guy. It Brian doesn't Dabble. matter whether he's a defensive guy. Exactly. Those guys it, are good it, coaches. It's not so much you have to have a great defense to win, but coaching matters. And if you've got a guy, regardless of his orientation, offense, defense, if you've got a guy who is a leader of dudes out leader there, of men, that's the most important part. Brian Dabble, he looks like a leader of dudes out there. Robert Sala, same thing. Looks like a leader of men out there. That th- This whole offensive infatuation with drawing up plays and scheming and doing this, doing that, it, it only works if you've got a guy who's a, a natural-born leader out there. And Cliff, I, you say what you want about his offense, I, I feel that's where he falls way short when we talk about that. I mean, Pete Carroll, dude's a leader out there. You can just see it, right? It might oh be a guy. Yeah. Might be annoying as yeah. hell, but mm-hmm. he's a leader out there. Okay, sure. That that's totally I, expected that team to be the worst in the league, and they got three wins to tie for first place. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I think that's where the change is coming. Not so much swinging back to defensive minded coaches, man. Just get guys who are leaders and figure out the rest later. Worry about your offensive coordinator and your and what scheme you play and what style. Worry about that later. Just go get a good leader. And figure the rest out. There are just a few teams in this league that are winning a lot of games right now without a great quarterback. No doubt. No doubt. When we come back, Cardinal fans, you have every right to be mad. Why are you allowed to be mad? We'll give you permission to be angry next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The primetime giveaway from Arizona Sports. Oh, yes, our primetime giveaway. It's time for our primetime giveaway qualifier. You know the drill. You get a chance to win a pair of tickets to go see the Suns home opener against the Mavs on Wednesday and a pair of tickets to see the Cardinals take on the Saints on Thursday night football. Primetime double dip. And our primetime giveaway qualifier today, Gambo, is Orlando Reese from Glendale. Orlando, you have 10 minutes to call. 602-260-9870 to get your tickets to both of those events. Love some of your hit your top hits. Orlando. 
tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. <laughs> if Orlando does. Knock three times on the ceiling if you want. If Orlando me. doesn't call within 10 minutes, then we'll open the phone lines to somebody Fly else. And then Gambo will stop singing. And Gambo will stop singing, yes. So please call quickly before I really just leave and don't come back. If you don't hear your name, you can still win by texting PRIMETIME to 62620. Listen for your name during Bickley and Murata tomorrow morning. Once again, Orlando Reese from Glendale. You and you alone have 10 minutes to call 602-260-9870. Did you... uh, did you get a sense of the uh, anger yesterday and today from the Cardinal fans on social media? Oh, and the, my God. The vitriol. It's, vitriol? Good word right good there. Good word. Good word, Gambo. The yeah. vitriol. Look at Eric, Eric giving you... <laughs> I don't know what it means, but oh, I know it's, it's a big it's, word that you say when people are angry. Three Vitri- syllables, man. Vitriol. <laughs> Vitriol. Yeah. Gambadoro is for Gambadoro. Four. Yeah. So, yes. yeah, the fan base is angry. No home wins this year. They're under 500. Massive failures. And then you get mocked by Seattle. Yeah. Like they're mocking the Twitter account. They're mocking like Cliff sitting there with his foot up and, you know, look. And then they got Pete. Like I got Pete, like with the, uh, with the ocean behind him, like in a similar house. Like you just, you're like, yeah, you don't want to get mocked by, a, by another team's Twitter account. No, no, you don't. Yeah. They, if you miss, if you missed it, it, of course the now infamous picture of Cliff Kingsbury sitting in his house while the draft is going on. He's got the fire pit lit, Camelback Mountains in the background. While well, somebody from the official Seattle Seahawks Twitter account took that picture, put Pete Carroll's face on Cliff Kingsbury's head, changed the backdrop to be the Puget Sound oh. and Seattle with a ferry in the background, no less. Seattle Seahawks Twitter account just. Chillin' HBU for how about you? Huh. And then and then somebody went so far as to take the same Cliff Kingsbury picture and then Photoshop a for sale sign right in the middle of Cliff's lawn. Right? Yeah, it's it's uh, look I, at the only other time I can remember fans being this angry, and there were so many times last year where it happened. Right? Whether it was the Colts game on Christmas, whether it was the Seattle game, the Lions game where they got humiliated the way they did last year, the playoff game where they got absolutely humiliated. I don't know, man. What bothers them the most? What is what is irking this fan base the most right now? Cliff, Kyler, Kime, the the lack of home wins. I that's a great question. What's irking this fan base the most right now? If I were to guess, I would say the extensions to Cliff and Kime. That that uh, and that's just kind of a broad. Yeah. And maybe maybe Eric, there's a secondary poll question in there today. Like I, you suggested something similar to that at the start of the show, but or maybe Mitch did. I'm sorry, Mitch suggested something like that. What's got you the most angry right now about? Why don't this we make team? it open ended? And I'll read off some of the best responses. Fine. You know what? Make it open ended. What's got you the most angry about this team? What I, has you the most angry? I. I, I Man, I'm, it's tough to play. If you're a season ticket holder and you haven't seen a win in your like that's tough. Yeah. Man, to go to go into like eight straight games and your team loses every single one. You were in playoffs last year. You're in the playoffs. That's got to be tough. But then yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you you look at extensions given out. You look at the money paid to Kyler Murray and he's not delivering. Yeah, there's that. 
There's so this, that. Yeah. Something else to point out. And, and you know, I, I watched football yesterday like you did, too. Man, this. Take out the NFC East and the are they real, are they not Minnesota Vikings? And the NFC is, it, it feels like it's as takeable as it's ever been, right? Tom Brady's yelling at his offensive Green linemen. Bay's Green Bay's an mess. absolute disaster right now. I mean, yeah. God bless the Jets, but you should not lose to the Jets at home if you're the Green Bay Packers. Philly looks legit after that win Philly against Dallas. Legit. Even look Dallas legit. is in a good spot. They're yep. getting Dak, by the way, this week. Mike McCarthy announced today Dak Prescott will start this week. But the NFC, that that's that's also lending itself to the anger a little bit. Is If you were good, you'd really be able to stand out in a field where, I mean, look, the Rams, they didn't look great yesterday. The 49ers, they lost to the Atlanta Falcons, for goodness sakes. Their sure. defense is all beat to hell. You know, you're still only a game out of first. That's also part of the anger is that if you were just decent this year, you'd be in the conversation in the NFC because the conversation in the NFC is wide open, but, but you I can't still, get there. I still think you got, if you go back, right, you have the immediate anger that you have right now, but if you go back even further, you also have the anger of Dehab got suspended for six games? It's a third of the season. What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. You're the most expensive player in the team. You're the best player. You can't be suspended for six games. So there should be anger there. There's anger over that. There's anger over, man, this team can't stay healthy right now. Like, are you guys doing enough work to stretch these guys out? Why do these guys have all these soft tissue injuries? Why so many guys, like, all year long, it's been uh, the injury report. Oh, my God, let's go over it. It takes an hour to go over it. Like, there, there is a lot. But, you know, clearly the decisions, a lot of the decisions that are being made, the, the, way, the, the, the offensive struggle. Goals. There's a lot to be angry about right now if you're a Cardinal yep, fan. Yep, there is. And and maybe I'm just, you know, putting my own opinion on what other people are angry about, or, or maybe I'm, you know, trying to calculate how the anger I saw yesterday on social media. The the one that stood out to me above the rest were the extensions to Cliff and Kime. Just kind of like, why? Well, you didn't have to. You were under no requirement to do so. They were both still under contract and and they both were you wanted to reward them for a job well done. But at the same time, the way last season ended, as poorly as it did, it did kind of leave you longing to go, okay, before we before we settle down and really dig long-term into this relationship, let's just be sure. Let's be sure about this because things ended so Could poorly. Could you have done a Diamondback model? We'll give you a one-year extension. Just so you don't, like, you know, we'll add a year on. Could have. Look, well, look what the Diamondbacks did to Tori Lovello. He's back in the same spot. Could have. Okay, we're not sure. We like you. We don't, but you know, we'll we'll see. So they gave him a one year extension. Yeah, could have. You could have. Yeah, uh, Mitch. We still have a few minutes left. Do we get success? Success. He was as exasperated as heck. Whoa, he why when he found out he won. He was like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" <laughs> Catch your breath, great. Orlando. That's great. Catch your breath, Orlando Reese from Glendale. Congratulations, you uh, have been qualified for the big giveaway, and we will do yeah. it again tomorrow morning with uh, with uh, Bickley Marotta in the morning. You can still win by texting Prime Time to six twenty six twenty. Congratulations to Orlando Reese for being qualified in our big Prime Time giveaway. Way another chance coming up tomorrow morning when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show. The Cardinals, the Hollywood Brown injury, the Justin Pugh injury, the trade for Robbie Anderson. Oh, and everything else going on in sports. The four o'clock reset is next here on Burns and Gambo.